Hello, friends, and welcome to the Everyday Truth Podcast with Kurt Skelly. We are here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. And we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. Right now, we're studying the book of Revelation in a series called The End is the Beginning. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. And welcome back, friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truth. Appreciate you joining us for the penultimate chapter in the book of Revelation, chapter number 21. I have my pastor mug today for my coffee. Somebody lovingly gave that to me. Pastor. It's got different uh, definitions of the word pastor on there. Interesting that uh, when the Bible describes the office that I hold here at Faith Baptist Church, really three different New Testament words are used. Pastor, bishop, and elder. And pastor is the one that's used least of the three. So I guess you could start calling me Bishop Skelly or Elder Skelly, but uh, don't do that. You can just call me Kurt for all that's all that's worth. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, as always, uh, I love our theme for the study of the book of Revelation. We've said the end is the beginning. And one of the major reasons why I chose that theme is because of chapters 21 and 22. Because now that God's plan has unfolded, uh, now that we're getting to the very end of the book, the end of the big book, the Bible, and the end of time, we see that really the end is just the beginning. As God makes all things new, as time is no more and eternity is ushered in, it is just the beginning of all that God has planned uh, for those of us whom he has saved. So just a, a, a wonderful encouragement is this section. It seems as if the book of Revelation, especially that, that midpoint, we were just talking about death and carnage and destruction and, and a martyrdom and, and all of it. And if we're not careful, we can really get depressed thinking about all that has to still take place. But when you put all of that into the perspective of God's plan, into the scope of what God will accomplish, it's just a blip on the screen. And God's plan for us supersedes all of what the devil does to try to upend that plan. So here we are in Revelation 21. And let me read a couple verses and we'll jump right into it. The Bible says, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. So John, again, is just describing the unfolding chronology of what God has been doing. So, for instance, in chapter 19, we talked about the second coming of Christ. We talked about the defeat of Antichrist and the false prophet their assignment to the consignment, I should say, to the, this, the lake of fire. We talked about the millennial, millennium, the 1,000-year reign of Jesus Christ, uh, the binding of Satan right before that in the bottomless pit, the 1,000-year glorious reign of Jesus on earth. And really what the millennial reign of Christ is, is the promise fulfilled to David that the son of David would, would rule and reign. All that God wished to accomplish 
in and through obedient men who were not obedient. He accomplished in the obedience of the God-man, the Lord Jesus. So the millennium might be termed as the best that earth could be on this side of a new creation. Uh, All of what God wanted to accomplish, he accomplished in and through his son, the Lord Jesus. And so the millennial reign of Christ is like the culmination of what this world could be with the right kind of leader, with the right kind of influence. Remember, you and I ruling and reigning with him. But there's even a better future than that because even this old earth will be destroyed. We talked about it last chapter. Remember, at the end of the millennium, Satan will be loosed for a season. Uh, There will be many that will follow him. They will ultimately be destroyed. But then this earth itself and the heavens will be destroyed. So when the Bible says the earth and the heavens shall be destroyed, we talked about that in 2 Peter chapter number 3, verses 10 through 13. Uh, We talked about the destruction of this, this world as we know it, this universe as we know it. When the Bible talks about that, those heavens, it's talking about the sky, the heaven, and the heavens, a uh, space. We would say space, the stars, uh, all of that. Not heaven in the sense of where God dwells, because that's what the Bible calls the third heaven, and that's not referred to as far as being destroyed. So the earth and the heavens will be no more. Remember, they will flee away. Uh, they shall be found no more. And in that great expanse of nothingness, the great white throne judgment will take place where all of the resurrected unsaved of all ages will receive their final judgment and be cast into the lake of fire. Death and hell cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. We talked about that last episode, but now the end is ushering in the beginning. Because John says, and I saw. So right after this, a time of judgment, right after this time where the heavens and the earth have been, have passed away, the Bible says a new heaven and a new earth. So God is involved in creation again. God is making something new again. Uh, He can't refit. He can't retrofit that which has been made because that's been tainted by. It's been cursed by sin. But now new heavens and a new earth are formed and forged by God. And the Bible says, and the the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. They're gone, done, nothingness. And there was no more sea. Very interesting. So the new earth, there will be no more sea. Doesn't mean there won't be water because the Bible talks about uh, the fountain uh, that will be in heaven, but no more sea. Uh, so, wow, uh, the, what's to, what are we to make of that? We don't know. Bible scholars have, have different opinions about that. The sea often in the Bible is a reference to, in Jewish thinking especially, a reference to death. Uh, the sea was considered to be one of the portals to Hades. Uh, the sea was the place from which the beast arose, So I think the symbolism here is just that in the new heaven and the new earth, uh, there's no separation. Uh, There's no sea in the sense of uh, maybe even in the antediluvian world, uh, there was no sea in the sense of separation of land masses. 
But be that as it may, the new heaven and the new earth will be absolutely perfect. Look at verse number two, where the Bible says, and I saw, and I, John, saw the holy city. It's almost as if John says, hey, I want you to know I was there. I saw this. You can believe me. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem. And I love that because Jerusalem, obviously, as a city on this earth, will have been destroyed along with every other building, every other city, every other locale on planet earth and in the universe. But now the Bible says there is a new Jerusalem. So known by the same name, but created new by God, a new Jerusalem. And watch what the Bible says, the holy city coming down from God out of heaven, the third heaven. So the new Jerusalem, it exists in heaven at this point. And maybe even today, maybe this is the place that Jesus has been preparing in John uh, chapter 14. I go to prepare a place for you. Maybe maybe this is that place. Uh, we don't know. But we do know that this is a new holy city coming down from God out of heaven to this earth. And then the Bible says, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. So almost like, how would you describe how beautiful this is? How would you describe how awesome this approach to earth will be? Well, John uses the metaphoric language of a wedding to say, is there anything more beautiful? Is there anything in life more beautiful than that bride coming down to meet the groom at the altar? Uh, The way that she is adorned, uh, the dress that she's wearing, the pomp and circumstance of the event. That, that's the way John describes the new Jerusalem coming out of heaven from God, from heaven to this earth. So what are we to make of this? Well, look at verse number three, where the Bible says, and I heard a great voice. Interestingly, this is the 21st time. We have 21 chapters now we're in, but the 21st time, and, and not that it's one time a chapter, but 21 times you hear this, that you read the term, a great voice or a loud voice. But the Bible says, I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, behold, pay, take special notice of this. Pay attention to this. Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. So what is Jerusalem uh, in today's understanding and Bible terminology? It's the place where God met man. Remember, that's the place where the temple was. The place, the holy city, holy in the sense set apart, the city at which people could come and and meet with God, the Shekinah glory of God dwelt at that holy of holy places, at at, at the temple, the tabernacle. And so the Bible says here in verse three, the tabernacle of God is with men. So it's not just a city that's coming from heaven to earth, but God is moving heaven to earth. God is moving all of what heaven is. God, his presence, uh, the ability for men in community to dwell with God in the same place. All of that's happening. As eternity is being ushered in, the new heaven, the new Jerusalem rather, is coming down from heaven uh, to this earth so that God and men will dwell together and live live as one. It's almost like Eden revisited, but in a much larger scale. So in the Garden of Eden, you had two people 
who for a short time walked with God. But now you have a city, uh, millions upon millions of people who live with God, not just for a day or two or a week until sin reveals itself, but in a perfect, eternal, sinless, righteous state. Uh, This has never happened. When we think about cities today, we typically think about places that are uh, unsafe. Cities are places where evil usually is magnified in city life. But this is a city where righteousness dwells, where God dwells, where the people of God find righteous community with each other. The Bible says in verse number three, and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Oh, that will be heaven for me. Why? What? What? It's God. Heaven is, and this isn't heaven. This is the new Jerusalem from heaven on this earth for eternity. What will make this so special? What will make this so special is not the description of it. We shall see that. It's not all the benefits of it. We shall see them. But what will make this the most special thing is that God and man live together in one city, a perfect place called the New Jerusalem. No sickness, no pain, no sorrow, no sin, no sun, no moon, no darkness, no time, no end. It will be wonderful. We're going to stop right there for today, but we're going to talk a little bit more about it next episode. So I hope you'll jump in uh, and join us. Thanks for listening today. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.